The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? no it's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. A very March Madness podcast for you right now on Monday. And I'm not talking about college basketball. I'm talking about Lamar Jackson requesting a trade. This just happened. And Jamie's actually in Phoenix right now at the owner's meeting. So he's trying to talk. The coaches are out there, too. He says he's trying to talk to Jim Harbaugh, and it's not working. Or John Harbaugh, whichever one it is. Uh, it's not working. And, and, of course, Dave told him, ask him about Isaiah Likely. So that's our group text right now. Anyway, welcome to the show. It is Monday, uh, Monday early. After, yeah, it's 11 o'clock, and we're reacting to the big news. I'm Adam Azer with Heath Cummings. Morning. And Dan. <laughs> Monday morning is what this is. I'm rusty, man. I was really sick last week. I'm very sorry. I'm completely wrapped up in... Uh, in you get a lot of little sicknesses. The Miami Adam. Hurricanes. I'm, uh, and then now Lamar Jackson is... Uh, is is rocking our world. So um, we'll talk about that. Also, Heath gets to react to all the stuff he missed from last week. So that would be Devin Singletary and Damian Harris and Elijah Moore. And I have got three earth-shattering, pot-stirring fantasy statements I'm going to make, and I want to get your reaction. You heard Dan Schneier as well. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Adam. Good to see you here. Good to see you all cheery today with Miami making this Final Four run. It was pretty impressive. So I was rooting for you guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. South Florida basketball represent. Uh, Heath's got uh, some FAU ties. He lives in Boca. I know you're excited for Saturday to watch some South Florida hoops. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was, seriously, for the weekend, probably the greatest free-throw shooting performance I've ever seen from a team. 16 of 19 on wow. Friday, and they made like 35 in the second half yesterday to to advance. That was... Um, the Canes can make their free throws. <laughs> yes, yes, they can. It was it was pretty it was pretty crazy. It won them the game. Um, all right, let's was talk. Was that a little? Was that like a little? Were you doing something there, Heath? Like I think trying so. To say, like Miami got a lot of calls. And no, they I was they got I was the, tweeting okay. about it last night. Like if you <laughs> okay. look, it, the way we evaluate shooters in the NBA, if you're a 50, 40, 90 guy, fifty percent field goal, forty percent three, ninety percent from the free throw line, you are an elite shooter in the NBA. For the weekend, Miami went 55, 39, 86. Like, wow. it was one of the best shooting weekends from a college basketball team, especially when you consider that Houston had arguably the best defense in the country. Yeah. Right. Look at Heath. Crazy. Look at Heath. I love it. Heath, Heath's a big a college hoops basketball fan. savant. He's a fan. Screw Ken Palm. We got Heath. Oh, Ken Palm. Ken Palm has Miami at 23 right now. Ken Palm hates Miami. All right. Anyway, Ken Palm um, hated Miami. Let's get into fantasy football here, guys. So Lamar Jackson has requested a trade. Heath, if you have Lamar Jackson on a dynasty roster right now, how are you feeling about this? I Very, very nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't really find it likely that the Ravens are going to agree to his demand. This feels a little bit like the Michael Scott, I declare bankruptcy. Um, I, I don't think Lamar Jackson's going to have his request honored and so we're going to get into august or september and it's going to become a is he playing i declare bankruptcy that is so funny also funnier than anything that's happened on parks and rec and dan thinks parks and Rec's better than the office but uh it's ha- considerably save, better show save, no, i've, I've tried yeah I, I you know i've watched season one three times i never made it past season one but um you have to go past <laughs> season one. that's the mark brandano with season you have to start in season two everyone knows that with parks <laughs> Uh, Dan, same question to you. You have Lamar Jackson on a dynasty team. How are you reacting to this news? 
I think I'm with Heath. This is not good news. The Ravens have no interest in honoring this trade. He comes out and he says, I want to get traded, but that doesn't really move the needle at all for Baltimore. I don't see how that impacts their side of it. So we're going to see what Heath said, I think. We're going to see this drag into August. But then that's kind of the time where I might be interested in buying on Lamar Jackson and Dynasty because his value, I think, will drop, but it won't really be related to anything other than Baltimore not honoring his request, the trade going nowhere. Because eventually he has to play the season. I don't see him sitting out the season like Le'Veon Bell did or anything like that. So Lamar Jackson was removing. You think week- he might Heath? Oh, I, I don't. I don't know that he's going to. I mean, first off, I don't think that the situation's that great for him right now. They won't. Mm-hmm. They will not add a wide receiver. They just don't care. Um, yeah, Nelson Aguilar. Exactly. Thank you for <laughs> making my point. Willie Sneed, Deshaun Jackson. Demarcus Robinson, yeah. um, but Rashad Bateman, Marquise Brown, like they have invested in wide receiver. They have, uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit, yeah, yeah. And he and he was, I mean, when he had Marquise Brown, he was really good. When he had, Rashad and I wouldn't Bateman, call that much sure of an investment. Really like looking around the league, can you think of a team that's invested uh, less than that in, at the wide receiver position? Really, New York Football Giants. Besides the Giants, well, Giants no, are a great tried. example. I mean, they tried with Galladay, and they drafted And Kadaris they did try Tony. a little bit. They tried with Tony, Galladay, uh, Wandell in round two. So there's not many of those mid-round picks for the Ravens to really kind of reboost that wide receiver core. I don't know if I still have these stats, um, but no team has gotten less production from wide receivers over the last, I think, four years than the Baltimore Ravens. Um, that's, you know, a lot of things go into that they don't throw the ball that much right. uh, but yeah they, they obviously I don't know um I was gonna what I was gonna say was that he was the number five quarterback per game if you take out week 13 when he barely played those kill his averages but he was the number five quarterback uh in both four point and six point per passing touchdown leagues it's it has been the last two years kind of inconsistent production some huge weeks and then a, a number of weeks where people fantasy managers are frustrated with Lamar Jackson. Um, but Dan, I think you were, you had some reservations about him to begin with, just with a new system. Uh, and this doesn't help. If you're trying to learn a new system, this is not a good thing. Exactly. That's a big, that's a big concern for this immediate fantasy season for dynasty. I feel like there might be a little bit of a buy lowish window, but redraft is not, I'm not going to be drafting much of Lamar Jackson this year anyway, because of what you just mentioned. I don't like his weapons. I don't like the new system. I don't, it could help him, but I'm not sold on that. And now you add in potential missed time during training camp when you're trying to learn that system to get on the same page as your receivers. It's not a good recipe. At the same time, there's a lot of teams who came out immediately and said, we're not interested in talking to Lamar Jackson. They could have just been lying. Um, mm-hmm. Teams do that all the time. They they should have been um, lying if they're trying to win football games. And so maybe he will get traded, and maybe things will look a lot better. Um, he's number six for me in both redraft and dynasty right now. It, if this causes him to fall and he's falling into that QB 8 to 10 range, then I'm going to draft a ton of him because nobody you're going to get there has his upside. I have a question for you then, Heath. Will you, where do you view if the trade is to, if the trade happens and it's to Washington or yeah, that's where I, I was almost going to call them their former team name. So the commanders, I always mess that one up. So if it's to the commanders, where do you put him after that for redraft? Because if they can get that team sold within the net, if that timeline moves up and I'm hearing it's starting to move up and heat up, that's when I think it's possible to make a move for Lamar Jackson because you have to give him that massive, massive contract. Where does he move then for you? Probably four. I don't. I don't think he's going to go ahead. Hurts, hurts Mahomes or Allen. Um, but I, like, there's nobody. If everything's okay for Lamar Jackson, there's nobody else that I would want to rank ahead of him. I think at that point he has the best receiver core by far. He's out of his career, correct? Easily, oh, yeah. right? By far. Yeah. Where did you say, Dan? Washington. Washington the Commanders. Yeah. Atlanta's another one that would be fantastic. Okay, guys. That'd be great. All right, listen, uh, I don't know that there's much else to talk about here. We'll keep reacting as we get more news. We'll see what happens. Uh, but uh, Lamar Jackson has requested a trade. and I just know if I, if I had Mark Andrews in Dynasty, I would probably be looking to accept sell just a little bit low on him, especially if I was a rebuilding team. <laughs> And I only had two good players, and they were both tight ends. Um, I would be. I also have Justin. That that team also has Justin Fields. I don't know if he's considered a good player in okay. Dynasty anymore to most people, but but to to me, I would consider him potentially a good. Definitely player. Definitely a good player. I apologize. 
I guess we could talk about Might even that, consider though. DJ Moore a good player. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, would you rather Mark Andrews have Lamar Jackson? We know what the two of them can do together. Or a more conventional quarterback that's going to throw the ball more? For for wait, for, Andrews, again, I'm sorry. for Mark Andrews, would you would you rather the Ravens keep Lamar Jackson or or move on for Mark Andrews' it's, fantasy's sake? It's Lamar for sure for me. They have developed a rapport. Their timing is great, and they have pass production, so we know it's already there with them. Anything else is just a guessing game. And your 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 mystery box quarterback here, like. 90% of good be? quarterbacks have been ruled out. So it's like the chances you're getting someone who even throws as well as Lamar Jackson without the rushing are not that great. Well, you could trade Lamar Jackson for one of the first picks in the draft to a quarterback needy team and then, you know, get in that right. rookie pool. Could do that. I, I would th- much rather have Lamar Jackson than any quarterback in this draft for Mark Andrews. Okay. Completely agree. All right. Well, I'd much, uh, I'd much rather... Win an award. Uh, you know what? I'd rather, I think, it, man, would I rather the Hurricanes win the national championship or would I rather us win the the sports podcast awards? Um, oh, man. I, I better. want us to win the award, but we've won awards before. We have. I was trying no. to do some clever read for this, um, <laughs> and I don't have anything. So anyway, vote for us for the 2023 podcast awards in the fantasy and sports betting category. We have a link in the episode description we have a link on YouTube. We, I'm looking at a link right now. If you're watching, youtube.com slash today. Go ahead and click that. I mean, you can't click it on the screen. You have to click it in the chat. And um, anyway, I don't. Is it, I think, Schaefer, you might have to put it in a separate... I don't know. That link, I don't know if it's clickable. Anyway, we'll work on that. But um, please click the link wherever you see it and vote for us in the fantasy and sports betting category. Fantasy and sports betting and we'd appreciate it. It takes about a minute, if that, to sign up and make the account. And yeah, make it happen. Thank you so much. Also, uh, voting ends April 6th, by the way, so we're getting a little, uh, running out of time. We've got a Fantasy Football Today Dynasty podcast, Heath. What is this? We have. What is uh, yeah, this? I think, it, I, I think it should be called Dynasty Fantasy Football Today, um, but I don't know for sure. But yes, we do have a Fantasy Football Dynasty podcast. I am so so, so excited. I don't have to ask Adam to talk about Dynasty anymore. <laughs> I get to talk about Dynasty without him, which is going to, we'll be with Dan for sure uh, coming up soon. We are launching it tomorrow. Dave Richard will be there. Mystery guest will be there. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. That is so cool. All right. So it's fantasy. Right now it's called FFT Dynasty. Yeah. It, it's hosted by Heath and begins tomorrow. And yeah. make sure you check it out. And uh, I, I cannot wait for that. That's great. Um, and for those who don't know, one more shameless pit plug pitch. Um, during the offseason, Heath has a Dynasty Central, which you can find on cbssports.com backslash fantasy. Or if you type that into Google, you'll find it just by searching those words. And you can find everything we do on Dynasty on the site, which includes, which is why I'm doing the shameless plug now, some draft profiles, which myself and Dave Richard are working on tirelessly until the draft. Um, so basically, any fantasy-relevant player in your first one through four rounds of that draft we're hoping to hit. So we're going to have a profile, strengths, weaknesses from we try to watch about six games of film on these players. Also, fantasy football fits, dynasty outlook, things like that, 40-time metrics, uh, combine metrics. So check it out on the site. Also, we will be talking about all those players in the month of April nice. with Dan, with Dave, with special guests, breaking down all the prospects leading up to the draft. Very cool. All right, let's uh, get Heath's reactions to last week's news items. So first one, Devin Singletary to Houston. Go, Heath. Bad news for Damian Pierce. Not crushing news for Damian Pierce, but I don't think he's going to have a 70% rush share on the Texans anymore. Um, Obviously, this coaching staff comes from San Francisco, where before Christian McCaffrey, there was a lot of mixing and matching at the running back position. I would expect there will be more mixing and matching than there was in Houston last year. We talked last week about Damian Pierce being a top 10, top 12, top 15 running back in redraft. I think he's closer to RB20 now, and that will be dependent on how off-season rehab goes for some of these guys that are coming off of injuries and and what happens with landing spots in the draft. But uh, low-end RB2 for Damian Pierce. Now, Singletary for me is really not much more than than a, a handcuff. Okay, in the draft that we did a week ago, Damian Pierce went to Dave, 49th overall, first pick of round five, and he went one pick after David Montgomery. 
So the running backs, he went after Najee Harris, who made it pretty late, round mid-round four. Then Dalvin Cook, David Montgomery, and then into round five, Damian Pierce, uh, just ahead of Miles Sanders. So how do you, I guess those are all pretty relevant. Montgomery, Pierce, Miles Sanders, that's how it went. What do you guys think about that order? I'm I would take Pierce. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Steve. I, I was saying Pierce would be dead last on that list for me of those three. I don't know who Steve is, but yeah, yeah, I think uh, you called him Sanders Steve. <laughs> easily. They didn't call him at, Steve. Miles Sanders easily at the top of the list. Um, he he might be a top twelve running back for me if if nothing else changes by the time we get to September. Wow. Um, and then Pierce just slightly ahead of David Montgomery. Um, both of them right there with Najee Harris. So I agree with that. Okay. <laughs> I right. never called you Steve. I never called you Keith. Sometimes when you're talking fast on a podcast and words are blurring together, you can try to, you know, you're trying to cut it off a word here, a word there, and things sound different. But I think I like to think I know your name. And then one day I'll be on a podcast and someone will tell me your name's not actually Heath. And then we're going to do a whole thing about that. And it still hasn't been confirmed by you. So that remains a rumor that I don't know to be true or untrue. We're good, Kim. Okay, uh, Devin Singletary, by the way, went in round nine. He went just ahead of Damian Harris. So let's go to our next news item, Heath. Damian Harris to the Bills. Yeah, I think this is probably a bigger deal than Devin Singletary to the Texans. Um, like This goes with a report that we got, not a report, a quote we got from Sean McDermott over the weekend that he would like for Josh Allen to start taking fewer hits, which we thought might happen last year. And then Josh Allen averaged more rush attempts per game than he ever had in his career last year. I, I would say we should expect some regression from Allen, particularly in the red zone. That's where he takes a lot of those hits. I would say this limits the upside of James Cook, who I would still strongly prefer over Damian Harris, but Cook is behind that Montgomery, Damian Pierce range for sure, closer to RB30 as a high-end flex. Damian Harris um, slightly ahead of Devin Singletary as a as a, a, a kind of a backup. And um, yeah, that's it. I thought... I listened to most of Thursday's podcast, uh, which was Dave, Jamie, and, and Jake, our intern. I did not hear all of it. So, Thomas, you can let me know if I'm repeating information here. But look at the guys who went at round seven or later at running back. This really jumped out to me. Uh, I don't know if this is going to happen. It, you know, But as of right now, round seven running backs were Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams... I don't know that I would have done that, but uh, Khalil Herbert, James Cook, and Brian Robinson. Kamara, Swift, uh, Jamal Williams, Khalil Herbert, James Cook, and Brian Robinson. Many of them affected by free agency or some changed teams. Rashad Penny was the first pick of round eight. James Conner, who was an every down back for the second half of the season and a must-start guy for Arizona, and he's still there. He was next in round eight. I, I basically was was very impressed by the running backs available in round seven and eight. And also we had uh, Samaj P. Ryan and Jeff Wilson go in round eight. And that was just before Devin Singletary and Damon Harris, Damian Harris. That's not super exciting, those guys. But I thought the running backs in round seven and eight, Kamara, Swift, Jamal Williams, Khalil Herbert, James Cook, Brian Robinson, Rashad Penny, James Conner, Samaj P. Ryan, Jeff Wilson. Dan, to me as a group, I think really exciting given where you're getting them in the draft. Yeah, it's deep into the draft. That's basically about, that's the range. And I like to start taking my swings at running back again. If I'm building my team out the way I want to, I have one big running back, the hero running back. And then I'm taking a lot of swings in that range. And that feels like a good group where I can get upside too. I like the upside with several players you name there. I mean, Swift is still a very talented back. Herbert is still a very talented back. I know the situations are a bit murkier. I feel very good about James Cook. I agree with Heath if we're going to lose more of that red zone role. But even even before Harris got there, we lost a lot of the red zone possibilities with Josh Allen just running in that range anyway. I feel like James Cook still has value. So there are definitely a lot of names I like there. And obviously Rashad Penny, I mean, look, that could be the biggest upside of all those players if he stays healthy. Such an interesting group and a wide, wide range of opinions that I have on these guys. Um, <laughs> some of them I don't really want to take in round seven or eight, and some of whom I think should probably go in round four or five. So I, th I think Swift <laughs> is an excellent value there. Um, obviously, 
if Kamara plays, he's going to be. But if Kamara plays, then Jamal Williams probably shouldn't be taken that early. Right. Um, so that's kind of a mixed bag. I don't – I'm pretty close to out on Khalil Herbert, I think, unless it's round seven or eight, just because I, I think we may be underrating Deontay Foreman. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. What are the, who are the guys that you, you would like to take round four or five there, Heath? Um, Swift, for okay. sure. Um, no, I'm not too – I think Cook's probably five or six. You said um, – like I've got Samaj P. Ryan right in that range. Well, Kamara, Swift, you said uh, Kamara. Kamara well, Kamara is tough with the he, suspension. You can't even talk about him hardly. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, let's move on here. Uh, last thing to react to was Elijah Moore being traded to Cleveland. Yeah, um, good for him. I'm glad he got away from the people who don't think he's very good. Um, but I don't. Again, this is another situation where Cleveland's passing game. Like, I don't think they're going to stop throwing it to Najoku as much as they have. I don't really believe they're going to turn into a 600 pass attempt team. And I don't think Elijah Moore is as good as Amari Cooper. I Elijah Moore is a, a double digit round dart throw for me. Um, kind of where Donovan Peoples Jones was a week ago. The uh, last six games of the season for Elijah Moore in his rookie year, 2021, he had 34 catches, 459 yards and five touchdowns. He was on pace in those six games for 96 catches, 1,300 yards, and 14 touchdowns on 144 targets. He did that against, among other teams, Buffalo, Philadelphia, and Miami. Those three were all top 10 against wide receivers that year. Two of them were top three against wide receivers. Every team he played was, except for Cincinnati, they were... uh, they were like in the you know, they weren't good against receivers. Every single team he played was was a solid opponent, you know. So we got so excited because he faced tough competition in his last six games as a rookie, and he absolutely crushed it. And he did it with not so much Mike Wilson, uh, Zach Wilson. He did it with uh, like Mike White, I think, uh, Joe Flacco. Um, but still, uh, there was a lot to be excited about. You know, I think a lot of people, oh yeah, he was good as rookie year. No, his last six games, he was incredible. So, but also, he like it was not a a good rookie year. No, like I think you can say he was good his rookie year and mean that he was great for six weeks and really looked like he needed Corey Davis to not be healthy to be the team's number one wide receiver. Yeah, um, but he still showed so, that. And you know what? You know who else showed that in a six game stretch as a rookie? Amonra St. Brown. So I don't want to just completely dismiss it. Right. Yeah, Moore never really got the chance to follow up on. I'm just that—that that is why people were excited about him going into year two. Uh, all right, that that was discussed at length on Thursday's show, so we will leave it at that. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got some pretty boring news and notes, like uh, Marquez Callaway and DJ Chark and Jamison Crowder. And then, uh, then we're going to get into we're going to stir the pot with some fun stuff. I'm going to read your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, welcome back, everybody. Dan Schneier is here, and Heath Cummings is Steve Cummings is here. And uh, <laughs> do you guys have any final four teams left in any brackets? 
I have one bracket where UConn's winning it all in that bracket. So if UConn wins, I've done the scenario generator. I only finish in third place, which is a little disappointing, but I'll <laughs> take it. It's a bigger pool. And then I have something called Calcutta. Have you heard of Calcutta, Adam? No, I've heard of or Heath. The, you um, know, I've heard the of Calcutta, but not if it goes for the NCAA tournament for golf tournaments. I've heard of it. So oh. tell me. Yeah, sure. So it's a cool setup. I'll tell it real quick. You have 64 teams. You can bid on any of them and you bid real money and then the prize pool is you get a percentage of the total pot whatever it is there's no budget there's no cap for each win you have one of the teams that we our group chose was san diego state the aztecs we had a few others that lost texas included but now we're riding aztecs and we're right now we've made our money back at this point so we're at almost break even for what we invested so every other win becomes a huge profit for us so aztecs rooting for the aztecs well, everyone can root for Miami because I did take Miami in a charity <laughs> bracket, and I am almost positive that if Miami wins, I will win the charity bracket. And Heath told me there's a pretty big prize there, so I don't um, know if that's true or not. Yeah, well, I don't know <laughs> if if it's not true, then we'll just say Steve said it. Uh, let's go through some <laughs> uh, some news items here. Sean Payton said that the Broncos are not trading Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy. Uh, meanwhile, Russell Wilson had arthroscopic knee surgery during the offseason, so that's not a big deal, I don't think. But uh, the fact that he said that, yeah, people, I get it. I read it. I hear all the stories. We're getting calls. We're not trading Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy. Heath, do you buy that? Um, no. Not, not entirely. Um, I don't necessarily buy that they're definitely going to trade one of them either. But this is not enough to make me think they're they're absolutely going to be on the team. It's it's a really messy situation um, with what we've seen from Russell Wilson in his career and what we saw last year from Sean Payton coming in and and just kind of starting over, and then you've got Tim Patrick coming back from injury, who apparently everyone in Denver loves, at least the people who speak without putting their name on it. Um, so I I don't know what to. I'm not excited about any of these guys really. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, Sean McDermott wants Josh Allen to take fewer hits in 2023, as Heath mentioned earlier. Is that going to affect anyone's fantasy ranking of Josh Allen? Not mine. No. I mean, look. Yeah, go ahead. I do think his rushing production is a lot more important to his fantasy production than maybe people let on. I just don't really believe that Sean McDermott's going to be able to get inside Josh Allen's brain and change what he does. Yeah. Neither. I feel the same way. I feel like if you look at his touchdowns, there are a few, especially going back to when Brian Dable was running that offense, there definitely are a few plays where you see quarterback power and design runs in the red zone. But a lot of what he did in the red zone was on undesigned plays on scrambles. And that's what he's referencing. And I'm with Heath on that. I don't think that's going to change. If he sees it, he's going to take it. Uh, Kirk Cousins offered to take less than Daniel Jones, according to the Minnesota Star wow. Tribune, and yet they could not work out a contract extension. So uh, we're going to talk about that in a little bit when I stir the pot with a spicy dynasty take, which is not spicy at all and just common sense. The Eagles signed right tackle Lane Johnson to a one-year deal, uh, an extension worth over $30 million. Uh, so he'll be playing another year for the Eagles. The Jets re-sign running back Ty Johnson. Ezekiel Elliott, according to Adam Schefter, Zeke has narrowed his choices down to the Jets, the Bengals, and the Eagles. Ooh. Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> I don't want him to go to the Jets. No. The Eagles would be fine, because then I could just not draft any Eagles and be like, oh, it's fine, you know? I think it's going to be the Bengals, and that would be an interesting one, too, I think. Well, yeah, it it is. Like, if they just... I can't imagine they think that they'd rather have Ezekiel Elliott than Joe Mixon right now. Than Joe Mixon? Not at the same price, no. Well, but we've talked about how like they've already got dead money in Joe Mixon. I Um, think they could just sign Zeke so cheap at this point that he's basically just like the Pirine replacement. Maybe, yeah. They don't do the same thing, I know. I know he's not much of a passing game option anymore, Zeke, but... Just like a cheap Bengals type move. I don't know. It's just I've seen them make these types of moves in the past. Take a veteran for cheap. Uh, let's see. The Broncos signed running back Tony Jones. Used to play for Sean Payton with the Saints. The Raiders signed Austin Hooper to a one-year deal. Anyone care? Not really. 
He's a top 24 tight end. So I yeah. think I am too. No? Just, no? Okay. And then here are these boring wide receiver signings. The Giants need more slot receivers, apparently. They signed Jamison Crowder. <laughs> Uh, the Panthers signed DJ Chark. The Broncos signed Marquez Calloway. The Ravens signed Nelson Aguilar. And the Browns signed Marquise Goodwin. None of these matter, right? For fantasy? No. Crowder has a chance to matter. He probably won't, but he has a chance to matter. If Richie James could become fantasy relevant on that in that style of offense, I think there are ways that that could break where Crowder does become fantasy relevant at some point. Like, does do these guys have a type or what? <laughs> yeah, the Giants. Can yeah, you give me a small slot wide receiver who is very likely to miss games with injury this year? I would <laughs> like that guy on my team. That's I, the, that's I essentially mean, correct. There's no like, obviously there's no guaranteeing Jamison Crowder is going to be on the team. They they need to go draft a wide receiver. Yeah, I, 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 they've got six guys that might play six games. Mm. Yeah, other than the teams that we know need quarterbacks, the Giants drafting a wide receiver in the first round is going to be one of the more popular mock draft. Uh, assignments. Everyone's going to mock them to a, with a wide receiver. And yet, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm going to mock them if they don't take a <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I think you're going to be mocking them regardless, Heath. But yes, you will be mocking them in that case as well. <laughs> All right, I'm going to stir the pot here and uh, give you guys some statements and you can react to it. Didn't really know what to call this segment, so I'm not sure if I'm going to be stirring, really stirring pot. any pots. Alright, first one. I don't know how much longer I have to give this disclaimer. Uh, this is not an endorsement of Deshaun Watson, the person. It's an endorsement of Deshaun Watson, the player. Uh, first, stirring the pot comment, Deshaun Watson is the steal of fantasy drafts. Would you like to react or would you like me to explain? Where if is I'm he gonna, being drafted? I, somewhere around QB 10. You know, I was looking at Fantasy Pro's rankings right now. I know where he goes in our drafts, I'll tell you. Uh, in, I think he's even after. He's, he goes even after that. He went in round 10. He went just before Aaron Rodgers. He went after Dak Prescott. But he goes so much later than guys like Justin Herbert, who went in round five. Right. Justin Fields, round five. Lamar Jackson, round six. Uh, let's see, Trevor Lawrence, round six. And then round 10. Yeah, there were probably some quarterbacks in between that, but round ten to Sean Watson, I think he's the steal of fantasy drafts. I would prefer you explain first because I don't want to steal your thunder, Adam. Because I know going into this August, me and you are going to have a lot of battles for this Browns offense because I'm completely in line with you on Deshaun and this entire offense. Well, the passing game at least. So I'll yeah. let you explain your side no, first. I mean, and I think it's it's really easy. It, I don't care about what happened last year. I think it understandably was bad after not playing for almost two seasons. And before that, he was QB6, QB6, and QB6 per game, three straight seasons on a run-heavy offense. Two of those years were with DeAndre Hopkins. One of those years was without DeAndre Hopkins, and he threw for almost 5,000 yards. He's going to run for about 500 yards. You know, he was on pace for that again last year. I just think uh, he's being penalized for playing really poorly last season. I don't think that's Deshaun Watson. I think he's probably still just as good as he was in his prime, which is one of the best quarterbacks in football and one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy. The end. Yeah, I just, I think when you said he was what, QB6, QB6, QB6 or whatever? In six um, point, yeah. Those were seasons without Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. Um, I, I, I think you have to account for at least a little bit of risk that he doesn't just bounce back to what he was now three years ago. Um, so I don't think it would be prudent to rank him exactly or draft him exactly where he was finishing in the past. I don't have much reason to hope that he's going to be better than he was in Houston. You said it was a run-heavy offense in Houston, but... There have been few play callers more run heavy than Kevin Stefanski in the NFL. Um, yeah. So I I think if the upside's QB five and the downside is the worst quarterback in the NFL, which is what we saw last year, um, <laughs> I think that we should probably rank him somewhere around QB ten or twelve. So 
my case for love and Deshaun Watson. And I think Heath is right. When you look at it from the 30,000 foot view, there's so much more risk than we're probably signing Adam and getting why? so excited why about him. Heath, why is Heath right about that? I, I think Heath is dead because wrong he, about him. His downside being the worst quarterback in football. His downside is not what we well, saw not last fantasy. year. Like his downside no, well, his is down, probably QB 12. Cause he's going to rush so for 500 his yards. Floor, no, that's, his, his floor, floor is higher. Lower. His floor is higher than what we saw from him last year. A hundred percent. I believe that. I think that. so, too. I believe I that so wholeheartedly, too. yes. But I think one thing that I'm focusing on here, which is why I'm very excited about him, is I think we will see a lot, and this is not going to be baked in the projections. It's not going to be, it's going to be a little bit of guesswork, but I think we're going to see a completely different style of offense with the Browns moving forward. Despite what Kevin Stefanski's tendencies have been, despite what really he is at his core, Everything I've read behind the scenes there is ever since new management took over, they were very analytics driven and analytics heavy. And they believe that to win in the NFL, you have to throw the football X amount of times every game, X amount of times over the course of a year. And I think we're finally st- – and we've seen that bear out in all the moves they made. This massive deal for Deshaun Watson, then trading for Eli Moore, re-signing David Njoku, trading for Mark. Cooper, and we're going to continue to see that moving forward. And you saw it even on their defense where they didn't sign any interior defensive linemen last year, and they're the worst run defense in the NFL. They don't really believe in running the football and stopping the run. It makes no sense right now because that's all we've seen them do under Stefanski, but I think we're going to see the change, and this is year to buy into it before it happens. Full offseason for Deshaun Jackson, to, I'm sorry, Deshaun Watson to work with his, we were talking about Deshaun Jackson earlier, full offseason for Watson to work with his receivers, get on the same rapport with Eli Moore. He's already built a rapport with Cooper. He has the same weapons coming back outside of more offensive line not what it used to be but it's transitioning to a pass first offensive line i think and i'm with you adam i think where where we're getting the value here is that there's going to be a lot more volume than there was last year and then than there was in houston as well so that's where i see the upside there with watson yeah the only thing i disagree with you dan is they did sign dalvin tomlinson to stop the run right yeah they did this offseason sign tomlinson that's correct but i agree i think they're going to be more more pass heavy. They actually last year they ran a lot more plays than they had in previous seasons. They ranked seventh in in uh, plays, and they still were fifth in rush attempts. But they were something uh, somewhere around twentieth, I think, in pass attempts, uh, which is fine. You just don't want them to be twenty eighth. Well, yeah. Um, the question is, can you count on the? I believe it was a sixty two play spike. From the year before, like the year before, they were a slow offense in terms of the number of offensive plays they ran. The only reason they were 20th and not 28th in terms of pass attempts last year, not not the only reason, but one of the major reasons, was that they ran 1,116 plays, 53 more plays than anybody else. They still threw the ball on less than half of those offensive plays. Right, um, but Dan and I think they will be more pass heavy. I do. That's the thing. It's all projection based. For it's hard, and it's hard to because if you're going to look back and you, and you can because Stefanski is still there, you're not going to get good numbers for projections on Watson or this entire pass offense. I just think we could see a completely different outlook on how they uh, you know, approach offense at this point. Yeah, I, I think that's possible. I, I do expect them to throw more. I have a hard time going from, I think the highest 17-game pace was last year for Stefanski at 540 pass attempts. Mm-hmm. And so I, 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 could, I could maybe get to 560, 570. Um, well, Maybe maybe it's just a completely different offense, though. Let's see. Those are the things that I often miss. In Houston's last, in in Watson's last season in Houston, he led the NFL in passing yards, over forty nine hundred yards, I believe, Uh around there. Uh, They were thirty first in plays. No, they were thirty second. They ran the fewest plays in football. They were twenty third in pass attempts. Uh, But they threw more passes. Deshaun Watson threw more passes in sixteen games that season than any Kevin Stefanski offense has ever thrown in a season. Oh, really? 544 pass attempts in that in that 16-game season last year. I believe the Browns threw 540 last year, and that was Stefanski's high. To be fair on that, though, Stefanski hasn't had a quarterback with the, the caliber as a thrower of Watson at any point in his career as a coach. Right. Really. I think he throws more. Uh, do you think he can – do you think Deshaun Watson could be as good of a player – with Cleveland as he was with Houston. If I had a concern about that, it would be that Amari Cooper's going to be 29 years old. Um, I, I think Will Fuller was a terrific player. So the year he didn't have Watson, you had Fuller and Cooks. 
uh, does he have the weaponry, I guess, to be as good of a quarterback as he was with the Brown, oh, with the with the Texans, uh, now with the Browns in 2023? I think so. I, I don't think Amari Cooper showed any signs of dropping off last year. I know he's 29, which is not entirely old. And I, and I, I Eli Moore is a top 20 overall prospect in the 2021 class. I know it's been rocky for him with the Jets, but I think it's mostly just bad quarterback play and not enough balls going in his direction. If we're expecting to see a different style of offense in Cleveland, pass first, pass heavy, he could become a, I think he could become a big feature too. He's another player who I'm going to be drafting a lot of for sure. So he had 27-year-old Brandon Cooks. I think that's a fair comparison to 29-year-old Amari Cooper. But he also had Will Fuller. Right. Um, Eli Moore. Big drop-off there, you think, Adam? I don't know. Look, I don't don't know. I mean, maybe Fuller's not that good, and Deshaun Watson is is just what made him good. I don't know. But Will Fuller had a terrific There might have been something else that helped Will Fuller. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, All right, let's go to our next one. Stirring the pot number two. Uh, probably a better way to say that. I gotta be careful with when I say number two. The second stirring the pot, especially with me sitting here on the. Oh podcast. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> stirring the pot. Brought to you by Dad's uh, Bad Studio. <laughs> Jamar Chase should so clearly be the number one pick in dynasty drafts that it makes me absolutely sick when he isn't pick first. Oh no, Heath left. Oh, no, oh Heath we is lost back. Heath. No. We got him back. Okay. I didn't Can't know I left. It. Uh, he's, he got so he got so heated from your from your stirring the pot <laughs> comment about Jamar Chase. Well, I did just go to Heath's dynasty page, and Heath has Justin Jefferson number one. But Jamar Chase in dynasty should definitely be the number one overall pick because he is tied to Joe Burrow. I mean, he's going to be with Joe Burrow. Um, you know, I can't guarantee that, but I think he'll be with Joe Burrow for for a while. Whereas Kirk Cousins, it, it seems like there's a good chance this is his last year in Minnesota. Plus, like he's Jamar Chase. He's a younger than Justin Jefferson. He might be better than Justin Jefferson. This is a no-brainer, Heath. I think the only th- the the funny thing is you're stirring the pot hot takes are actually better than your normal takes. <laughs> um, now, what's wrong with this one is the idea that there should be no debate. I don't think when, when you have Justin Jefferson entering his age 24 season and what he has done the last couple of years that you can say he's not in the conversation to be the number one overall pick in Dynasty. That's absurd. To say that you prefer Jamar Chase over Justin Jefferson, I, I don't have any problem with that at all. I, I do a thing on my trade chart where I put the value of the players. Um, and I always make the top player for the purposes of the trade chart worth 50 points. And then everything else is dependent upon that. I have Justin Jefferson worth 50 points. I have Jamar chase worth 49.5. The third most Ridiculous. player in the trade chart <laughs> is CD lamb, who is at 39.8. Okay. There might be two tiers between Jefferson and Chase and everybody else right. in terms of dynasty value. If you're in a startup, you should overpay to get one of those first two picks. Um, those are the clear top two guys. I, we saw in bits and pieces last year, Chase showed the ability to earn targets like Jefferson does. But a lot of that happened during these mystery T. Higgins games that don't get counted in the Azer stats. And no, they so, oh they absolutely get counted. I'm all about those. It, so you count them for Jamar Chase, but you don't count them against T. Higgins. I, I count them. No, I count them in both respects. I count them against Jamar Chase. Um, okay. T. Higgins. Let's see. Uh, yeah, in those three games where T. Higgins mysteriously left, Jamar Chase had 16 targets, 12 targets, and 15 targets. <laughs> in his other eight games, he had eight 80 targets. So. Only 10 targets per game because Jamar Chase missed, some, uh, missed right. some time. He played 11 games. So he played eight games without T. Higgins leaving early, like very early, and he averaged 10 targets a game. Still the pretty other good. other problem I have, and Dan kind of made a veiled reference to the, the, the cheap Bengals. Um, they've, they've got a great, great setup right now. I kind of find it hard to believe that we're not going to have some drama in either the Joe Burrow negotiations or the Jamar Chase negotiations. I'm not as confident that you are that these two are going to live happily ever after in Cincinnati. 
I think things have changed a bit. The Bengals have that reputation, and it's fair. They let a lot of their great offensive linemen walk throughout the years, Kevin Seidler, Andrew Whitworth, other players. But things have changed a bit on that front, I think, as the owner's getting a little bit older, and he realizes he's now in that window with Burrow. They spent a good amount of free agency the past couple off-seasons, especially this off-season, the last one, to really rebuild big pieces on that offensive line. So I think that's going to change a little bit, Heath, as far as now that they have Burrow. Um, to counter this argument, I would say this, Adam. In Dynasty... I was big on what you were doing for a while um, in my previous leagues. I was trying to get the receivers who were tied to the quarterbacks who I think are going to be great players for fantasy. In past dynasty leagues, I drafted Tyreek Hill. I drafted Devontae Adams with a lot of my budget in in uh, salary cap auctions. And then right away, almost within a year, or two, they were traded to different teams. And yet they still remained incredible fantasy options, both Hill and Devontae Adams last year. So I think you can really bet on the talent more so than the what quarterback they're playing with. And so if you really feel like Justin Jefferson, based on his profile, has more upside as a receiver and a fantasy option, I still think it's fair to rank him above Chase, despite him having the uncertain quarterback situation, because the talent will win out. And I know, look, look, Tua was playing pretty well, and Carr, I guess, was playing pretty well. But those guys aren't crazy good quarterbacks. So if Justin Jefferson has to have a new quarterback at some point, I'm not so sure it's going to kill his fantasy value. No, it's certainly not going to kill his fantasy value. Uh, a couple things to finish this topic out. Uh, first of all, Heath, don't ever question the integrity of the Azer stats. They are non-biased <laughs> stats, okay? Uh, and number no, two, no, I, I just want to see them in a like listed out in a form. <laughs> okay. I, I agree. I, I think the whole team. Yeah, we'd like to see them listed out at some point. Maybe start like a Google Word, a Google Sheet, or a Google okay. Doc, and just start whenever it comes in mind. Whenever you're just hanging out, just put them in there. Okay. I, I don't even know who the top 12 running backs in 2022 were. I don't either. Uh, but God, I really, you're right. I should do that. I'm just being lazy. I, there's no excuse. I have to, I have to Azer stat the running back stats. Okay. Um, <laughs> the other thing I was going to say is, of course, there's room for debate. But if I allowed for any debate, then I wouldn't be stirring the pot. So I have to stay true to this segment. Uh, we'll take a break. I got one more for you. Talk about the Chiefs when we come back on Fantasy Football Today. Then I will tell you about an awesome uh, podcast that I went on last week. I just want to tell you the topic. You're going to love it. And it's publishing, I think, pretty soon, right after the Masters. Um, and then uh, we'll read your emails, fantasyfootballcbsi.com. We'll be right back after a quick break. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome back. Uh, and here's our last stirring the pot statement. I mean, think about the Chiefs offseason. Juju gone. Hardman gone. Nobody's replaced them. So, stirring the pot. No wide receiver has more potential to rise in ADP than... Insert your favorite Chiefs wide receiver here. Heath? Oh, you're muted. You're muted, Heath. I feel like both Tony and Moore are being drafted ahead of where I am comfortable taking them already. And so that that might be true, but what can Kadarius Tony do over the next, like you said, in, in ADP? So we're talking about the next five months. Yeah. Uh-huh. What can he do to prove that he can be a full-time football player? Um, what can he do to prove that he knows enough of the offense to stay on the field or has hamstrings that will allow him to stay on the field? I don't know what could re- – like, I guess we're just saying the Chiefs don't draft a wide receiver. I see no reason in the Chiefs' recent past to fear any wide receiver they draft. Um, <laughs> they, they've not done a great job of drafting <laughs> wide receivers, and it's really, really hard, as Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony showed us last year – to get on the on field and offense. produce in your first year in Andy Reid's offense. So yeah. I I think that you're just like, however early you're willing to take that lottery ticket chance and maybe 
be cheering for a Travis Kelsey injury because it might be the only way any of these guys are starting fantasy wide receivers. For me, yeah. I think Heath nailed it. The fact that, look, not only is that Andy Reid offense tough to pick up in year one, they've proven that coaching staff, they don't care. They're not going to play you in year one just to play you like a lot of coaches will do. Sky Moore did not play much last season, despite the fact that they had injuries at wide receiver and they didn't really get much production out of players like MVS, who I thought was one of the worst guys running that amount of routes uh, in the NFL. So as far as which receiver can jump in ADP, Adam, for me, it's Sky Moore for sure. Like Heath said, there's no possible way that people are going to start thinking Kadarius Tony can stay on the field. So that won't really change much despite what you might see at a camp. But Sky Moore, Wow, we could see some really good blurbs in training camp and different things that will get people excited about more because people were really excited about him as a sleeper last year. So not much on that front. They can still, you know, add to that excitement. So I think more will be the guy whose ADP goes crazy this offseason. And like Heath said, I don't know if I'm going to be buying in. I, yeah, I, I, I think I'd rather draft Sky more at his current cost than Tony. At least I would definitely rather draft Sky more. I have no interest in good areas, Tony. So. Yeah, well, I think I you're, I mean, I think you're being a little, a little. It's not even being hurt. You, you, you are. You, you outlined the entire case. If he can't get on the field because he doesn't know the playbook, and now he's, that's happened for two teams, right? Well, that's no, I, I had no expect. Like I, I was very skeptical when the trade happened. I had no expectation that he would learn the Chiefs' playbook in half. But a did season. did Odell Beckham pick up the Rams' playbook? Odell Beckham picked it up like that with the Rams when he got traded there two years ago. Yeah, I think we're it's speculating about how much someone picked up the playbook, by the way. We don't right. know this. by how many. No, it's not speculation. If he's not on the field for a full complement, if he's only in the field for a few snaps and they're all designed touches like they were with the Giants, that's that, that doesn't means mean that he's not. No, that doesn't. No, it doesn't mean that at all. And then you have to say the same thing about Sky Moore. Why? Sky Moore didn't have designed touches when he was on the field. He ran a, a more of a full route tree. I don't know. When I mean, Tony was on the, the field, they decided think this, to use him. I did not like the speculation that Kadarius Tony did not know the Giants playbook after a full off season. So I kind of agree with you there, Adam. I don't think Sky Moore or Kadarius Tony knew enough of the offense to play last year. So I agree with you there as well. I think they both had the same problem. I, I don't know that it's more likely. The only reason I said I like more more at his cost was because I think he's significantly cheaper. I view them very similarly. I, I can tell you without speculation that Kadarius Tony ran the wrong route in the second game of the Giants season was benched for David Sills. So I don't really know why any coaching staff, we consider Brian Dable a smart coach, do we not, Heath? So he's putting David I, Sills I on the field. He's a good offensive Running the wrong route. I, I'm I just, reserving judgment on and, head coach. And yet he's putting David Sills, who's not an NFL caliber talent, on the field I think for that was 97% of the snap. Well, I think it was okay, a statement maybe to it's make. A I, choice, I, or maybe look, it's the maybe it's the guy runs the wrong route gets I, no, an offensive pass interference on the first left. <laughs> look, I gotta just say, I, when you say that someone doesn't know the playbook, I think it's a pretty, I think it's a fairly serious allegation to throw at someone. It, it sort of implies it, it implies a lot, and maybe you were and not trying yes. to, but it does. And I and I don't. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna fair. say that anyone doesn't know the playbook unless I know that they don't know the playbook and. I think you will get a a better version of Kadarius Tony. As I said this, like you go to a team like the Giants, which had been one of the worst. You know, the Giants and the Jets were the worst teams in football for the last five years before this year. Uh, you know, they got a new coach. I could understand a player being hesitant to buy in. You go to the Chiefs, you're buying in, right? You're you're, you're gonna buy in, or you're gonna be out. So I think um, I think Tony could rise a lot in drafts, and and I will say in terms of the injuries, it's just a philosophy thing. I don't know where I'm going to come out on that. I mean, he gets a lot of soft tissue injuries, and it's concerning. But Christian, what did Christian McCaffrey, Miles Sanders, and Dalvin Cook have in common? They played 17 games last year. Would anybody have ever expected that from McCaffrey, Miles Sanders, and Dalvin Cook? Uh, so you just never know. All right, guys, um, let me I, get to the email. Go ahead, Heath. Finish can up. I do my uh, my breaking news, but maybe not news? Um, thing uh, that wait. I used to do because of because of uh, tweets. Um, Remember, we used to a, have uh, music, Keith. We used to have like oh, breaking. Yeah. people used to call it breaking porn news. <laughs> we used to, what? Yeah, oh, breaking news. <laughs> yeah. What do we got? John Lynch says Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, huh. and Sam Darnold will all compete for the 49ers starting QB job, but Purdy, when healthy, is the leader in the clubhouse. Ooh, sexy. All right, let's save that for tomorrow, boys and girls. Oh, it's not over. Okay, anyway, <laughs> it sounded like it was um, over. 
uh, ready for emails? Um, okay, but Dan, you are you have got to listen to the podcast I went on last week. It's going to air after the Masters. Okay. Um, Pat Mayo hosted it. Sia Najad is the mastermind. I think he well he did the the bracket, and he had me on to talk about one of the regions. It's a sixty four team tournament of TV shows. Oh, it's great. Oh, it's it was so much fun, and Sia made What'd the entire break bracket. Down? I broke down a region that had Shield. No, it was all sitcoms. Sorry, sitcoms. Okay, with animated in there as well. Um, the region I had had Modern Family as the one seed. So good. Uh, Fresh Prince as the two. <sighs> Simpsons as the three, and I don't remember what the four was. I remember what the so five you were heavy was. Heavy Simpsons. So you had Simpsons coming out of that region. So sure. I'm not going to spoil it because I had a lot of different yeah. criteria. Well, the, the, the okay. criteria I used were, one, how much do I like the show? That's an obvious one. Two, cultural impact and influence. Uh, number three was, would both me and my parents like the show? Because I didn't <laughs> want to sit there and just do my favorites. I wanted, to, I wanted to give credit to the shows that had mass appeal. That was a big deal for me. So, mm. You have a question about that, Heath? Yeah. Yes, yes. I have a question of measuring mass appeal by going <laughs> by you and your yourself parents. to the people who raised you. No, but they're so different than me. No, I mean our generation. How popular is this show inside the smallest bubble I can make around myself? No, no, no. Because the, 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 what I did was, you know, comparing The Simpsons, which I like better than Modern Family. But my parents would never watch that. And most people my parents' age wouldn't watch The Simpsons. Whereas Modern Family... We could all sit down, watch it, and crack up. And I think you got to score some points in Modern Family's favor for that. Was that enough for Modern Family to win the region? I don't know. You'll have to find out. I'll give you all info on that. It was a lot of fun. When, when it comes out, it was a really fun debate. And I think uh, anyone who watches TV would really enjoy it. So, um, I'm yeah. excited for it. All right, let me read some emails. Fantasyfootball at CBSI.com. And I only picked emails that I thought both me and my parents would want to hear about on today's show. So <laughs> uh, this is from, oh, God. I hate when I don't put the name of, of the emailer in there. And when I do it for the first emailer, that's even worse. So I don't know the it name seems here. Like such an, it seems like such an easy problem to fix. Well, they don't put it in the email. So then I have to like, uh, so put it in myself. It's from Travis. Okay. Uh Hey, Ray, Egon, Winston, and Peter. You know that one, Dan? Ray, what's the second one? Egon, Winston, and nah. Peter. Are you kidding me? I think I do. I think I do. <laughs> yeah, of course you do. Egon. New girl. What? No, no, it's not. But I like that because the Winston call. And that new girl is what I was thinking, too. That was literally all I Schaefer, thought. <laughs> please put these idiots in their place. This is insane. Well, I might be an idiot, but is it Ghostbusters? Of course it's Ghostbusters. Okay, I've, never, okay. I've never seen Ghostbusters. Of course, I've never seen that movie. I, Adam, I haven't seen any movies. I've never seen Keith, that movie. Keith, Egon? You couldn't get Egon? Like, what is this? All right. You know what I saw, I though? Didn't, Both I didn't love Ghostbusters. Movie. Like the original? Yeah. Ghostbusters 2 is better. <laughs> like, just, never seen it. No interest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's they were great. fine, but it's great. Not, not, not the standout for me. Ghostbusters is great. Uh, Rick Moranis is so funny in that. Uh, 12-team half PPR Dynasty League. I just traded A.J. Brown, Cortland Sutton, and pick 211. A.J. Brown, Cortland Sutton, and 211 for Jerry Judy, Javante Williams, and 2.2. I don't like that at all. It's interesting. Yeah, it's a big difference. I mean, you you gave up by far the, the best. best player in the deal, and I don't think you got back enough to make up for it. So I'm going to give you a D plus, especially if you're starting to see complications already from the Javante Williams injury. It's not just a clean ACL, which you know some athletes have some some have MCL damage with it, PCL. That scares me a lot with him as a as your big asset coming back because I think he is the best asset that's returned in the trade. Over, I think he's a better asset probably than Jerry Judy. Uh, but yeah, you're giving up AJ Brown in that too. You're not getting much more draft capital to two versus two eleven. So yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, I, I think it's probably not going to be a good trade. However, I'm not going to do it now. Show's gone long, but at some point, I mean, if you want some numbers about Jerry Judy to make you buy into a breakout, I can make a really good Jerry Judy breakout case to the point where he might be just as good as A.J. Brown if everything goes right. Um, 
but that'll be a topic for another show. Uh, from Trevor, from the oldest city in the U.S. Virginia? Somewhere in Virginia? Oh, that's uh, St. Augustine. Yes. No. What? 1565. St. Augustine. You really were thinking about city. you were thinking about Jamestown. This is two years older than than uh Jamestown. Wow. Interesting. St. Augustine, just, Florida. Just drove past the sign that proclaims it like <laughs> 18 hours ago. That's cool. Uh good morning. Cool. Barry, Dion, Miles, and Emmanuel. All Sanders. Mm-hmm. This will be our first season uh, that our 12-team PPR league will be doing keepers, and we agreed before the draft rules for keepers. Um, Keep a player at the round you drafted them or the round whomever traded them to you drafted them, and or keep the player you pick up off the waiver wire for your last round pick. All right, so those are the... uh, Is this a fantasy cops? (laughs) Um, Okay. Uh, well, week 16 rolls around, and I have been eliminated from the playoffs, but I looked on the waiver wire, and I picked up Ridley, Brees Hall, Kyle Pitts, and Javante Williams. Is it fair for me to use any of these as my keepers for next year as my last round pick? Some in the league are upset, but we agreed at the beginning uh, of the season on the rules, and they were pinned to the message board. It's a big money buy-in, so does Ooh. that matter? Yeah, fantasy cops. Do you want to go first, Dan, or would you like me to? You can go, Heath. Okay. Um, first off, you did a bad job not clarifying whether players picked up during the playoffs count for keeper purposes. And now you have to make that decision after one person has already gained an advantage, which is the worst time to be making a decision. <laughs> um, so when you change to a keeper league, you must determine it. But what I will say is if you're allowing people in the playoffs – to pick up players and keep them, then you must allow people not in the playoffs to pick up players and then keep them. My solution for my keeper league is players picked up in the playoffs cannot be kept. So that way there's no benefit to someone still in the playoffs and you don't have guys not in the playoffs picking up players. So I think the best rule is after the regular season ends, nobody can pick up a player that they're going to keep. But if you did not have that rule in place and teams in the playoffs were allowed to pick players up and potentially keep them, then you should get to keep these players. Well, you can only keep one, I think. The only keep one helps a lot in this situation, but I'm going to come out and say, look, we all make mistakes in our lives. I'm a shining example of yeah. that and plenty of things that I you do, are, but yeah, yeah, this is just a, this is just a really poorly constructed keeper league. We're talking about a big buy-in as referenced in the email, and yet there's really <laughs> wishy-washy, horrible keeper keeper rules I, here. So for my league, we had a lot of issues with this. We made it week, I'm so mad. We made right it week now. 12. Why? We because made it you week guys 12 are too mean to these people. But you know, I mean, you're talking about a big buy. Right, you're letting people just. This is their first off. year. This is their first year doing keepers. I mean, th- this they ran into a problem that they. But you did can not do some foresee. research online to find good keeper rules. Like it's Love not impossible Anastasia to find. State Park, even if you don't have way. anything to work <laughs> off of, you can find good keeper rules. Like you don't need to be letting people scoop off Brees Halls on the waiver wire in Week 16 to ruin the next season. Like we have a Week 12 rule in our league because we had a similar issue earlier in my big keeper league at home. And I think week 12 is actually a really good so cutoff for keepers. Can I ask you a question? Waiver wire. Yep. When you say you had an issue and you have a week 12 rule, did you have the issue mm-hmm. first and then you instituted the week 12 rule? <laughs> we did have the issue oh, first. Oh, is that right? <laughs> is that right? This is what happens, you know? I get it. It's not easy to foresee every scenario. Not everyone covers fantasy football for a living. So what I don't think personally, that you should be able to keep these guys for a last round pick. I think you should come up with some type of compromise. Can we make it an eighth round pick or something like that? Because, you know, you you didn't do anything wrong, but it, it does really tilt the scales in your favor if you can keep Brees Hall for a last round pick. And obviously, with all of those guys on the waiver wire, people didn't realize that they could do that. So I think you should try to come up with some type of compromise. No. Uh, you know, which is a made-up thing. Osprey Tacos is right next to Old Coast Ales. <laughs> I could just sit on that patio and go back to the, from the tacos to the ales to the tacos to the ales. Love for love your Saturday. Another thing we can throw out there is, which our league implemented, <laughs> this is important. I think it can help. 
you shouldn't allow people to pick up IR players as keepers. That's something we implemented. It's not, there's no, there's, because people are going to have to drop these players to improve their roster for that year. And so Brees Hall, a player who has no chance to return for that season, shouldn't be allowed to be picked up as a keeper. Okay, but the, what's done is done. So uh, Nick in Baltimore wants to know, uh, after the Bears made the trade, giving up, uh, getting DJ Moore, uh, should the Bears take Bijan Robinson at nine? Whoa, this is going a bit beyond the fantasy football podcast. If you're asking about running back value in drafts, uh, I don't think the Bears should take Bijan Robinson at pick nine. I think it would be one of the easiest ways to to make it or even harder for Justin Fields to realize his potential. Personally, um, no, I don't think they should. I do. I am open to the hmm. possibility that a contender should spend a first round pick on Bijan Robinson because I think he's he's really really good and really really good running backs could be the difference in that 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 final thing that you need. So I'm not quite as anti Bijan in the first round as a lot of people, but a team like the Bears should not be doing it. All right, one more question here from Luke from a Texas town with lots of Bears. Baylor. Boom. Nice. No, well it's not done. right. That can't be right. <laughs> oh, it was it's a good guess, right. though. Yeah. Uh, what scenario could result in Jameer Gibbs being taken above Bijan Robinson in redraft? That's a good question. Ugh. Where can Bijan go where he's not going to be the number one? Oh, not be the number one? Dallas? I don't even want to think about this because it gives me such terrible flashbacks. To Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Taylor. <laughs> like we did this almost exact thing. And I I do not want to do it again, but I could it's not hard to come up with multiple scenarios. The Cowboys draft Bijan to right. play with Pollard. Right. And Gibbs goes around earlier to the Chiefs. Right. Around later. No. Earlier. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, Gibbs before Bijan in the draft. N- nobody thought freaking Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was going before Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, but that's true. But I think Bijan was a little bit different level prospect than Taylor, and Taylor was a good prospect. Why did the Chiefs? Well, People I think, think Bijan prospect than Clyde, isn't he? Gibbs Clyde is definitely was, a better prospect than I think, Clyde. I yeah. think I had Clyde as RB six in that class before. Yeah, I don't know what around. happened with Clyde. The Chiefs uh, kind of overrated him. Mahomes was watching his tape and texted them and said, you guys should get this guy. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and then they never threw to him. So it doesn't yeah. make any sense. All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, good show today. I got to I gotta give a lot of credit to Dan Schneier. Uh, we started at 11 o'clock. I texted him at 10.50. I called him at 10.55, and I was like, I forgot about you. Would you like to come on the show today? And he's like, okay, I won't do my hair. Uh, no problem. And he came I won't do my hair. Yeah, it's already looking better than yours with no with not You didn't do your hair. Right it's just the worst hair that you've ever had, so I hope it doesn't look better than mine. But, uh, <laughs> um, we'll talk to you all on Wednesday with another edition of Fantasy Football Team.